Welcome to this week's Off Grid Podcast. This week, rather than Ralph and Vicky, it's RJ. And uh, in case, so we're kind of taking over for Ralph and Vicky this week, so yeah. it's our, it's our first time. So. We're here with uh, Mr. Greg from Curl Ranch Outfitters. Yes. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, it's been a fun week elk hunting. Yeah, it has. It's been good to be with you guys. It really has. Thank you. Same to you. Thank yeah, you for been, everything that you've let us do this week. It was yeah, awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> so how long have you been doing this for? Uh, we've been running Crow Ranch Outfitters for 12 years as Crow Ranch Outfitters. Before that, uh, Clint, my business partner, yeah, he uh, he ran it as C&C Adventures. Him and his mm-hmm. wife ran it. And then we kind of uh, just just by the, the sheer luck, we, we kind of ran into each other while we were both up hunting with, <laughs> with clients and decided, hey, why don't we get together and do this? We can work together and be a lot more efficient. And uh, ever since then, we've we've been doing it awesome do you, do you still enjoy it is every day just kind of a mystery to you have a yeah. great time yeah you know it's uh there's some times where it kind of gets into a little bit of a grind you know <laughs> uh take take this week for example mm-hmm. i mean it the, the hunting's all, uh, hunting's a ton of fun but when you're facing heat full moon yeah. it, it makes it tougher yeah it gets cold in the mornings and it yeah. gets hot by midday and you like, don't know what to wear yeah exactly <laughs> you're waiting for the rut to start and uh, so every bugle, you're like, oh, it's begun. And then the next day, there's nothing. You're like, oh, come on. <laughs> I understand that feeling. Yeah. Or this point, at least. And so, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I do. I, I enjoy it. It's, yeah. it's fun. You get to meet new people, you know, every four or five days. Mm-hmm. And uh, and really, everyone's, it, it's always, it's just fun, fun meeting new people. So do you guys have many of the same clients come every year? Or does it kind of change up for the most part? You know, we, with our, with our bull elk hunts, where uh, it's a draw unit, it, it uh, once you draw the tag, you get put on a five-year waiting period, and so with those, it's usually a new client or uh, a client that was out here five years ago that drew again or six years ago. Um, every every year, we have some of the same clients that come in for for our cow elk hunts, uh, our deer hunts, that sort of thing. We get we get return customers for that every year. That's cool. So, uh, how how many uh, clients do y'all usually deal with on the uh, like? I guess your season, uh, you guys have a lot of them or we, we, you know, we're, we're a fairly small outfit. We do about 50 hunts a year. Um, if you take in uh, cow elk hunts, bull elk hunts, uh, mule deer, uh, antelope and moose, we do, we do about 50. Um, it's yeah, 50 is a good, 50 is kind of the max, but that's, that's about what it is. Do you have a preference over one animal towards another for hunting? I love, I love hunting elk. So this week when we were hunting, I, you know, we've been um, we've been setting a bunch of watering holes. Uh, do y'all do a bunch of spotting and stalking as well, or is it mostly just sitting? With uh, with the first three weeks of archery season, where it's it's early on, it's hot, and the rut really hasn't started yet. Pretty much everything's over water holes, water holes, wallows. We have a few a few stands that are set up on uh, uh, trails that the elk. Uh, and deer will use to get mm-hmm. uh, from their bedding area to their grazing area. But for the most part, you'll be sitting over water. Um, later on, once we start our rifle hunts, it's mostly spot and stock. Um, they're, they're, uh, we hunt out of a, a four-wheel drive, you know, either a pickup or a, a Suburban. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't actually hunt right out of them. It's a mobile blind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mobile blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we get, I get a lot of people that ask, they, you know, they're, they're wondering, well, you know, how much are we going to have to hike? You know, because mm-hmm. 
uh, people that come from back east, they're they're not used to hunting at 7,000, 8,000 feet. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> so you start hiking and the, oh, the air's thinner and, and some people worry about that. But really, we, you know, we'll, we'll drive up to get within, you know, a half a mile of the blind and then we'll walk you in, get you set up over water. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Really cool. So is there is there really a specific time that you normally see the bulls coming in or is it just kind of? Well, you know, everybody has their, their own, their favorite time to hunt. And uh, mine is, is the evening. The evening just seems to be a little bit more exciting, especially especially once they start bugling. Uh, with the morning, mornings can be good. Uh, mornings always seem to me like that's all or nothing. At night, we're probably going to see something no matter what. Sometimes you'll sit up there in the morning, you won't see anything because they've already gone to bed. But at night, they're, they're getting thirsty. They're going to come down in and get a drink, wallow around. I must say I'm a, I'm a fan of afternoon hunting myself because, uh, for one, really obvious fact, I like sleep. So, I you agree. know, I'm more <laughs> completely. <laughs> afternoon hunting is my favorite. So. The Off Grid Podcast with Ralph and Vicky is sponsored by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Get back to nature with the right gear at the right price. Shop in store, curbside, or online. Your adventure starts here. Is there a specific uh, animal that you prefer guiding, whether it be elk, moose, antelope, whatever it is? I, I really like guiding elk. Uh, it's, it's just a fun, they're a really unique animal. Um, that when they get to, to pushing their cows around and they're in their, you know, they, they got their, their herd and they're fighting over them. And it's just such a cool experience <laughs> when they're right there and one bull chasing another bull out. And then he's running over and bringing this cow back. And then this cow's leaving and another bull comes over and tries to steal her. It's, it's just so entertaining to watch. So I, I really like hunting elk. I, I enjoy hunting it all, hunting mm-hmm. them all. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the pursuing it, every animal creates its own challenges and, and, and fun mm-hmm. and excitement. They're all different in their own way. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So when you do take out your uh, clients to say a water hole, do you just go and scout on the top of ridges? Do you kind of sit out near them? What do you, what do you tend to do? For the first couple of weeks of the archery hunt, we'll get you into the stand, get, get you all set up and kind of tell you where, where we think the elk are going to come from. Um, there's, there's some major trails, you know, we get all that, get, kind of get you set up that way. And then I'll back out, pull up on a ridge and start trying to plan, mm-hmm. you know, if this stand doesn't work, where are we going to next? I gotcha. And, uh, by doing that, I'm prepared for if you say, okay, I'm tired of this, uh, this whole, there's a, a bee that keeps bugging me or there's <laughs> one doe mule deer that keeps snorting at me, then I'm ready. Cause I've been watching, you know where and, to go. Yeah. The next spot mm-hmm. should be good. Cool. So, uh, you know, we've been seeing a bunch of mule deer, uh, you know, at the watering holes. Do y'all hunt your mule deer the same way as the elk or is it more spot and stock or you hunt with water holes? Uh, no, mostly for the mule deer, it's, it's all spot and stock. Um, our, our mule deer herd, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know that there are much better mule deer hunters and guides than I am. Uh, and, uh, so when I'm hunting them, it's like, okay, they're usually moving down this Canyon. So let's get ready. And as soon as we spot them, then we can make a move on them type deal. I'm talking, keeping with other things coming into the water holes. We've, we've heard a few, a few stories this week about cats coming in. 
do they affect the elk herd much at all here or is it just kind of a they kind of stay out of the way of the elk they they don't really mess with the elk i mean i've heard our biologist has, has found a couple of dead calves that, that have been killed by lions this year mm -hmm. and elk don't really like them but they don't necessarily uh they won't necessarily ruin an area but uh they, they, they don't help it <laughs> you know once once a an elk knows a cat's in there she, it's, it's going to sit and bark yeah and uh and warn everything else for miles around so everything there is on edge then yeah and so anything that does come in there it's it's looking for some reason not to yeah <laughs> yeah we were uh we were sitting near stand weston i believe is the name and uh you know a uh, cow moose came in and you know all the uh, mule deer that were there really didn't care for that you know cow moose a whole lot and ran out and i know you were saying you know some of the elk will actually you know go against a moose uh do the moose like really you know fight back at all is there does one hate the other and not want to be around it or they they definitely like to uh to hang out in their own in their own circles um on trail cameras from time to time i'll get a moose a deer and an elk all in the same picture but it's pretty rare usually when you're sitting in a stand the moose they'll move in do their thing move out the elk will come in and do their thing and the deer will try and slide in in between it's like a little waiting list almost. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> With us being right next to Bear Lake, is this kind of where you where you grew up at? Is this has this been your home forever, or have you moved around a bit? No, I was born and raised here. Um, really, I've been been in Utah for the most part my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, we're we're located here on the south end of Bear Lake, uh, and so it, it makes for some some beautiful views while oh, we're up hunting. No kidding. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and and so yeah, uh, I don't really know what else. To say. <laughs> <laughs> so do uh, your clients that come in? Do you ever have like a good amount of them that you know are from Utah and come and hunt with you? Or are they you know all out of state? Or we get uh, there. There's far more resident tags for our area than there is non-resident tags. Mm -hmm. But most of the non-residents that are coming to hunt our unit usually try to try and come and hunt with us. There's there there's some other other places to hunt for non-residents around us, but but we're 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 kind of the show for uh, for the Metabilly unit as far as booking from from an out-of-state uh, perspective. So, as KRO has kind of grown over the years, how many people have kind of joined in? Do you find find guides from? just kind of meeting people or do you know them friends or how do, how do you find new guys to help you guys out? Our, our guides, I've grown up with some of them. Uh, others of them are, they're, they're just pals. Mm -hmm. um, they're just, we, we've got a really good group of guides that, that come in, you know, for, for the archery hunt. Um, like this year, you know, Scotty has really been in here. Um, dur usually during the rifle hunt, we've got Scotty, Gary and Kylie. And then Clinton, myself, and uh, sometimes during the archery hunt, uh, we've got another guy, uh, Cody, that uh, that we're friends with, and it, it's really it's just just a bunch of friends. That's cool. We're it makes hunting so much more fun, you know, if you mm -hmm. all get along yeah, and absolutely. joke, and it, it's just 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 like a bunch of buddies that are out <laughs> hunting. So you guys are pretty busy around then, for the most part. Yeah, we have a really busy three months, and uh, you know, as far as actual uh, guiding, and mm -hmm. then. The three months leading up to it, the summer months, we're putting in stands and 
moving stands and making sure that they're still safe, making sure that the tree didn't die that they're in. <laughs> I've got one stand. I have to, I have to move it every single year just because it's, it's an older Aspen Grove. And so you pick the biggest tree, you put the stand in it that year, it, it, it dies. <laughs> and then you move to the next youngest one. And, uh, so yeah, there, there is a lot of upkeep that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we put out, uh, this year we've got 16 trail cameras out and, uh, it makes it so that about every week, we have about 16,000, no, let's see, 16 trail cameras. Uh, we average about 5,000 pictures a week per camera. Ooh. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of button of clicking. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of pictures that you got to look through. It's a lot of noses, tails, uh, you know, for, for every, every 3,000 pictures, you get 100 that are, that are really cool. Mm-hmm. And you get a whole bunch of uh, a branch that we buy or a bird <laughs> Get the winds like, oh, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Muddy took the box blind industry by storm with the bowl in the penthouse. Now they've taken the entire line to the next level with an all new window system. Revolutionary designs for any weapon in any situation. Check out Muddy's full line of box blinds today at gomuddy.com. So, as you have those, about those six months kind of doing all the guiding and pre- preparation work to get to hunting season. Do you guys, does KRO, all the group and everybody stay together for the other six months that you're not doing all that? Or do you guys kind of all do your own thing for a while? No, we're, we're pretty well, pretty well hang out year round. Uh, you know, during, during the hunts, we're, you know, always, always busy doing stuff. It's, uh, um, yeah, so you know the rest of the year we're still we're still going going out to dinner, or, uh, you know, going golfing or uh, some you know some of us go on vacations together with the, you know they'll bring the families and we'll go on vacation that that sort of stuff. Let's uh, let's talk about your bull elk here. I mean, this is the second time I've ever been you know elk hunting and you know sitting in some of these spots. You know, I've been seeing some really you know big and beautiful bulls and uh, you know do you do you, you know kind of like keep track of them year round or. Do they just kind of like, do they ever leave the property or they just kind of hang out in the same places? They, they do, they do migrate off the property, migrate in and out. We do have some that, that I'll get pictures of in the same spot every year. I watch them grow up. Um, the, the state has a, a, a wildlife management area that they actually trap and they'll, they'll tag, uh, you know, some of the calves when they're, you know, when they're born so they can trace you know, trace them down, down through their, through their lifespan. And so I'll get some of them on trail cameras and they'll have a tag in their ear with a number on it. And so like, uh, this year, for example, I've got number one, he's been on, uh, on the trail camera for the last four years. Next year, he's going to be a great bull. Uh, this year we probably won't, we won't go after him. So, uh, the uh, the antlers of these bulls is there like an antler antler excuse me antler restriction on them? Uh, do they have to have so many you know points on one side or main beams be a certain length or? No, in our unit it just has to they they just have to be a bull. It's a it's a limited entry bull elk unit, and uh, there are you can get spike tags and there are restrictions on them. They can't have any more than one uh, one point above the ear on one side. And so uh, sometimes we'll get we'll get some crazy ones that uh, have one point on one side and six on the other, and they're they're really a, a cool, 
you know, pretty well a trophy bull, but he's just he's just grown grown yeah. funny. Whether it was an injury or uh, you know anything like that, ate a bad plant. So have you seen the herd around here doing better, getting bigger, smaller? What what do you what do you think? I think uh, this year, I think our our the cow elk are getting there. There's more and more of them. Um, a couple of years ago, we kind of saw a decline, and then it came right back up. Uh, it's just kind of ebbs and flows, but for the most part, um, usually about every year we, we have about the same amount of elk on us. So when you draw a bull tag, you're saying you're on a waiting list for five years. Um, how does that work with, you know, the wildlife management with these elk? You know, do you see a bunch of these elk that, you know, are just older and, you know, are, are breeding the cows and, do you see any like, you know, genes, you know, like maybe like a six or seven year old bull that, you know, is a spike or how's the, the whole management thing go? Does do your state try and manage that or do y'all, you know, mostly kill the mature bulls or try to at least? Yeah, we, we you know, we try to get the mature ones and then, um, you know, the, the, the kind of the crazy ones, the ones that have, have grown weird or usually it's not a genetic thing for the most part it's a it's because of an injury or something like that and with those you know every now and again we can get them with a spike tag and uh like i said they're they're really cool but uh they're just they only have one point above the ear on one side so do you have many uh bulk that you come up onto where they've been fighting one rack is there one antler just gone yeah especially during our november hunts mm -hmm. um it's it's pretty rare to shoot a bull that doesn't have at least one point that has some broke off. Um, by the time they get to then, they've been fighting, and and we'll you know we'll harvest a bull, bring it down, and and start uh, uh, skinning it, and we'll find busted off points you know that are stuck in them, and and uh, there, there there'll be some that are bruised up. I mean they're battlers. It's awesome. it's crazy. Have you ever found a uh, a bull elk that has been killed by another bull elk, like a like an injury fighting? Have y'all ever came up on one where it's been gored and you know died on you? Or yeah, it actually happens. It, it happens more than you think. Um, uh, I wouldn't say that we find one you know one every year, but uh, we definitely find them find them every couple of years. You find many caught in fences then as well, or the, not the, so much the elk. They they tend to not get caught in the fences. They yeah. they just kind of rip them to pieces. <laughs> uh, we do have a, a problem with the deer getting caught in the fences, especially mm -hmm. the fawns. Mm -hmm. uh, they uh, the 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 state and, and really it, it might be nationwide. They've come up with a, a new way that if you when you build the fences, if you build a certain spacing between the top the top wire and the second wire, that they're less likely to get caught. <laughs> and so we we try to follow that. Yeah. just to protect the the herd and it, it's really helped quite a bit that's pretty cool so around here do you guys have many bear we get one on trail camera every year so that's I've, not gonna be a problem <laughs> yeah i've i've never seen one in real life here um i've always looked for them i've been i've been close enough with like uh with some of our uh livestock that they've they've gotten real nervous and I didn't know why. And then I'd walk out through the trees and find fresh scat and, you know, hair and, and stuff, but still I've never, never seen one. In, <laughs> so close. Uh, so close. <laughs> yeah. I had my fingers crossed, but no luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can people get a hold of KRO and kind of get the word out there more? The, the easiest way is to, is through our Facebook mm -hmm. uh, uh, page. You know, you can click the call now that just calls my cell phone mm -hmm. uh, at Curl Ranch Outfitters.
at Curl Ranch Outfitters. Yeah. That's easy enough. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We have a website, and uh, it's just got a, a a click on button to mm-hmm. to go ahead and call me, and uh, we we're we're really. We don't we don't use booking agents or anything like that. Yeah. So when you call and, and you're like, hey, you know, I want to hunt this way, I know that's the way you want to hunt, and I'm not planning a hunt that that I'm gonna turn you loose with somebody that they don't yeah. they don't hunt that way. Yeah. So if they call, they're going straight to you. Yeah, they're going straight oh. to me or Clint, and we'll. Uh, well good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it makes for an awful lot of phone calls. <laughs> I believe that one. Well, thank you for uh, sitting down and talking with yeah, us absolutely. for. 20, 25 minutes, however long it's been, it's it's been a blast. And thank you for this week. It's been yeah, it's incredible. been a great week. Thank you all for everything you've done, and the food has been absolutely amazing. <laughs> so I mean, yes, so, uh, yeah. Thank you all for everything. Thank you guys. It it really has been a joy. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's always fun hunting. It's always fun mm-hmm. hunting with fun people. So yes, we, sir. We really appreciate you coming out. Well, thank you. Well, thank, thank you for having you. us very much. Well, thank you guys for listening to this week's Off Grid podcast and. Uh, come back again.